0: So rumor has it, the 2024 running back class ain't no good. That's what the streets are telling me. That's what the data's saying. That's what the film is saying. There are no Brees Halls, there are no Bijans. no Gibbs, no A-chans, no Kyron Williams, no Kenneth Walker's. This is a position that is devoid of talent. Got a lot of bodies, no high-end guys, and for fantasy, what does that mean? That means a first round that probably will not see a first round running back. Now, no matter how bad you thought the twenty-four running back class was. Going into this week, going into today, if you did not hear the news that the Ohio State University All-World Running Back Travion Henderson is deciding to stay in school, it knocks this running back class down even like 5, 10, 12, 20 more notches, makes it even more concerning where we sit today. It really puts a hole in some of the high-end talent from these guys, and when you're talking about it from a rookie draft perspective, we're going to take a look at what a single quarterback first round rookie mock looks like today here on December the 10th with no running backs projected to be even top 50 maybe even top 60 picks in the NFL draft so if you're new to the channel glad you're here glad you tapped in for a little bit hit that thumbs up button subscribe like the content if you've been here before you know what we're about to do we're about to have a damn good time talk some prospects talk some ball let's go ahead and get into it baby let's go All right, let's get into it. The college football awards have all been handed out. We saw that Marvin Harrison Jr. did take home the award for the Bolidnikoff as the nation's top wide receiver. Ollie Gordon got it for the best running back in the country. And Jaden Daniels won the precursor to the big award at Davey O'Brien, best quarterback in the country. And that does mean Jaden Daniels did take home that top honor. He is the 2023 Heisman Trophy winner. Shout out to Jaden Daniels, man. Played a phenomenal season. Back-to-back years at LSU absolutely dominated. This fall, glad to see him win the award, and excited to see what his outlook looks like as we move forward through the pre-draft process. Now we're wrapping up Sunday football. Sunday night football is on right now. Chippy the elf is on behind me right now. The elf went into the TV, so we got to keep the elf up until tomorrow. But let's talk about what happened on the field of NFL play that's going to affect our rankings for rookie drafts, and uh, depends on where these guys go. We'll see how this all plays out for them. So shout out to uh, the thirty-third team going to use their graphic right here but here we go here is the draft order the top 10 right now currently you know we still got monday we got two games on monday and a sunday night game but the bears picking first the new england patriots at two arizona three washington four the giants all the way up to the fifth spot tennessee six chicago their own pick seventh the raiders eighth the jets ninth and the chargers coming in at number 10 so there's your top 10 so just looking at this let's just talk about this right quick Justin Fields has played better. I continue to say it's going to be a big couple of weeks for Justin Fields. Where we sit today, we're still going to peg Chicago in for potentially a new quarterback change. So there you go, Drake May. And I've been on record. Right. I do think that if Chicago goes the quarterback route, somehow, someway, it's going to be Drake May. Caleb is still my guy, my QB1, but I bet you the Bears take Drake May 101 if we're doing this right now. New England, they got to go quarterback, right? So that's Caleb Williams. Arizona goes Marvin Harrison Jr. to give uh, Kyler Murray some help. All the Washington commander fans have told me there's no way they take a quarterback here at 104 because of the offensive line, they need help there. So we'll give them Joe all put some trenches there in Washington, which leaves the Giants in a very interesting predicament here at the 105 spot. Do they go quarterback Jaden Daniels? Do they go wide receiver Malik neighbors or do they get Daniel Jones some help up front right now since they pay Daniel Jones? Jaden Daniels isn't Caleb Williams or Drake May, so I do think they go wide out. Tennessee, another interesting spot for the Tennessee Titans. Do they roll with Will Levis, or is this a new do-over, right? Do they take another quarterback? No Jaden Daniels in Tennessee. I don't know who they take, but it's not quarterback that roll with Will Levis. Chicago having locked up their quarterback at the one spot— hey, they opt for offensive help, right? Maybe this is a spot for Malik neighbors. Maybe it's a Brock Bowers there in Chicago. They got Cole Komet, so they probably don't need a tight end. So no quarterback there, which leaves the Las Vegas Raiders at 108. I think that would be the spot that Jaden Daniels goes in to Allegiant Stadium, goes and revitalizes that city. Jaden Daniels, the new signal crawler in Las Vegas. I would love that as a Las Vegas, uh, as someone who grew up there, I would love to see Jaden Daniels. In the silver and black, the Jets, they've got Aaron Rodgers, so do they find him help? And the Chargers have a quarterback. They don't need one. They've got Justin Herbert, who broke his hand. So there goes the top 10, and kind of sort of putting some players into some spots really quickly before we move into the mock. So let's get into the mock draft, and we're going to go single quarterback. No super flex in this one. Let's pull up the board. Here we go. Let's jump right into it. And at the 101, it's no surprise, no shock. In no in non-superflex leagues, the first pick off the board is going to be Marvin Harrison Jr. There's really not a lot to say about this one. There's nobody else. You're not taking a quarterback here. Unless it's like five points per reception for the tight ends. You're not taking a tight end. It's Marvin Harrison Jr. And here's going to be the problem because we're just going to run through this because there's no there's no point to continue to bury this. You're not going to take a quarterback here. There are no running backs. So what are we going to end up doing? Hella wide receivers. So you got Marvin Harrison Jr. coming off the board as a top five pick in the NFL draft. He's probably going to be the 101 or the 102 in all formats across the board when we partake in rookie drafts this April and May. After Marv comes off the board, it's starting to look like it's settling in as Malik Neighbors, the consensus 102. This is my wide receiver 1B to the 1A of Marvin Harrison Jr. Malik Neighbors. Is a stud, DJ Moore type clone. Speed, size, athleticism, production, back to back thousand yard seasons, early declare. He is a monster. Top 10 lock in the NFL draft and one of the best wide receiver prospects that we've seen come into the NFL in quite some time, along with his classmate, Marvin Harrison Jr. Those are the top, top two picks off of the board, followed by another wide receiver who we're going to get a chance to see a lot of him play. Uh, on the college football playoff stage, Washington's Rome O'Dunze, 103. So let's th- think about this for a minute, y'all. Three wide receivers, back to back to back in single quarterback leagues. When do we take a quarterback? When do we take a running back? Who the hell is the running back that we would actually take in this situation? I don't know, but we may talk about that as we move down the line. But we are going to get to a wide receiver problem as we move down the board a little bit. So we've got the big three wide receivers, and now is the pivot point. Now is the pivot point. If it's just standard run-of-the-mill PPR, could I interest anybody here at the 104 in Brock Bowers? Looking at how the dynasty community and landscape treats players player like Sam Laporta, Dalton Kincaid, we've seen the rise of a Trey McBride when you're talking about value shit it might not be a more valuable player on the board at this point in time for single quarterback leagues than Brock Bowers he may just be the most valuable asset on the board and because of that today right now I'm gonna throw a little wrench in this thing and I am gonna select Brock Bowers here at 104 we're gonna assume most of us play in some sort of tight end premium league right off the bat this is a top Bob Dynasty tight end depending on the landing spot man he is one of them dope landing spots people are gonna lose their freaking mind to get their hands on Jeremy Shockey 2.0. That's what a lot of people call him, how he rumbles through defenses. Brock Bowers, you could split him out wide. He's not your traditional inline tight end. I don't give a damn about any of that. Put him in flex positions, make him mismatch nightmares with safeties, with linebackers, and Brock Bowers, the athleticism is going to shine through and through. I'm excited about getting some shares of Brock Bowers in rookie drafts this fall. 105, we're going right back to the receiver position. And you know what, y'all? I'm settling in on it. I know. little out of sight, out of mind. Mecca Ibuka is just a solid wide receiver today. If I'm just thinking of a player that you can draft that will not bust, trying to avoid the players that are going to a bust, I do not believe in Mecca Ibuka will be a bust. He may not have the high-end ceiling of a Marv, of a Neighbors, of an Odunze, of a Brock Bowers. But I highly, highly, highly doubt he's going to fall into a situation where he just flat out flames, fails, and is no good. Worst case scenario, you've got you a solid floor body with a nice name. People like the player. Mecca Buka, nice wide receiver too, I believe, at the next level. 106, we're right back to the wide receiver. Well, very polarizing player. I know a lot of y'all over here on the channel a little concerned about Keon Coleman. I see hear a lot of bad things about Keon. Feels like a bust, Traylon Burks like. I just don't know. Separation. Not a big separation guy. Not a super refined route runner at this stage of his NFL career, but when the ball is in the air, he can go get it. He's dynamic after the catch, and he's got that dynamism. He played on special teams, punt return, kick return. He can do some of those little things, and if you're competent enough to return punts, make defenders miss in special team space, that gives me some confidence that, depending on the landing spot, if he's not asked to do too much early, he is very athletic. He is a monster of a young man. I like Keon Coleman. There's a lot of talent there. There's a lot of tools, a lot of traits, a lot of upside. Still some room for him to grow and bake and develop. But I'm not going to knock Keon Coleman right now at this stage of the process, knowing that once the Underwear Olympics come, the draft capital is probably going to be there and people are going to fall in love with the the possibility of what Keon Coleman could become at the next level. Now, at 107, now we're starting to get into some personal scouting bias and a player that I'm probably Little higher on than consensus, but my goodness, A.D. Mitchell, Adonai Mitchell out of Texas. He is not officially declared yet. They're going on a, a college football playoff run, so not sure, but I really, really hope he declares. This is a player for me. A lot of people don't know about him. Transferred out of Georgia on the season, 51 for 813 yards, 10 touchdowns. He really reminds me, 6'4", almost 200 pounds He plays, plays, not saying this is who he's going to be at the next level, but when you watch his body movement, his skill set, he reminds me of a CeeDee Lamb light, a CeeDee Lamb light type player. Not saying he's going to be CeeDee Lamb as one of the best receivers in the NFL, but when I watch A.D. Mitchell, his body movement, the smoothness, the fluidity, That's who he reminds me of. And speaking of comps, we said DJ Moore from Malik Neighbors. Romo Dunze, I put it out there on Twitter. He reminds me of a bigger version of Chris Olave. A.D. Mitchell reminds me, play style-wise, play style-wise, like CeeDee Lamb. So good thing if he's in that type of company. I know Jordan Reed over at ESPN, friend of mine, is a big fan of A.D. Mitchell as well. I believe he has some top five In the class. So looking at it right now, this is how the board would shake out Marv, Malik, Odunze, Bowers, Ibuka, Keon Coleman, AD Mitchell, one tight end, and six damn receivers in the first round of a single quarterback, rookie mock. My goodness, this is this is wild. And the party doesn't stop. Honestly, the party don't stop. We're gonna go right back to the well. X worthy, speedster. A.D. Mitchell's teammate, different type of receiver. He's a downfield threat. The start-stop ability of X-Worthy is insane. I mean, his his acceleration to deceleration pathway is incredible. One of the best in this class at his ability to get to top-end speed. I know there's some people that are concerned about the health, the drops. Capital's going to be there. Game-changing speed. Big-time player. Productive from his freshman season all the way early to clear as a junior if he comes out. Very excited about X-Worthy. I get everything that people talk about what he can do. What he can do is speed, 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 stretch defense, threaten threaten defensive backs if he declares he's going to be one of the best wide receivers in the class. X-Worthy, excited to see what he does, and A.D. Mitchell, his running mate out of Texas. Now at 109, right back to the wide receiver pool. This could be a player out of Oregon. We've got another couple of guys from some different schools, but we're going to go to LSU, talk about Brian Thomas Jr., BTJ, Brian Thomas Jr., big bodied, athletic wide receiver. A lot of people think this guy can end up sneaking into the first round of the NFL draft. I know Dane Brugler, big fan of Brian Thomas. Let's pull him up for those of y'all who may not know who Brian Thomas Jr. is. Let's pull him up. LSU, Brian Thomas Jr., and man, they just they continue to have these guys pour in. This is another big wide receiver, 6'4", 205, 60 receptions on the season, almost 1,100 yards, 15 touchdowns, downfield threat, and that's with Malik Neighbors playing as great as he's playing right now. So you're talking about Jaden Daniels having two nice compliments that he can throw the ball to. Both of these guys should be highly coveted in the NFL. Another wide receiver off of the board at 110. And do y'all sense just sort of like a uh, a pattern here? Just receivers, receivers, receivers. Troy Franklin out of Oregon. A lot of people think this guy could be top five. I know some people are a little concerned about some of his release packages off the line. Speed is to burn. He's got he's to do a little bit better with his release package off the line. Just getting off of hands. I know a lot of guys tend to get hands on him. And when you get hands on Troy Franklin, you can move him around. But when you don't, uh, he will burn you deep. And one of the comps that I heard that I really like is the a better version, more explosive version of Gabe Davis. And if you're going to give me that in fantasy, I know everybody's like, ah, Gabe Davis, I don't really want that. Well, everybody can't be freaking Tyreek Hill. There's got to be some Gabe Davises. There has to be some Tyler Boyds. There's got to be some of those type of players in the NFL because they all can't be A.J. Brown. There's Troy Franklin coming off the board at 110. Now, at 111, This is where I start to think other positions, right? We've got another tight end out of the University of Texas, Jatavian Sanders, who should be a top 50 pick in the NFL draft. We also have quarterbacks, Caleb Williams, Jalen Daniels. Is this the time that you pull the trigger on a quarterback in single quarterbacks leagues? Right now, where we're at today, I'm going to say for 111, we'll go with the top running back on the board, Trey Benson out of Florida State. Every time I watch him, this is what I feel. I feel like I'm watching David Montgomery 2.0. Feels like Monty, and I'm not talking about the Monty that we love now in Detroit, but the Monty that everybody tried to crap on during Chicago. Plotter, not this and that. Benson's more explosive. I don't know if he's as physical as David Montgomery, but he probably comes off the board as the first running back. Maybe him. You've got Braylon Allen. You've got Bucky Irvin. Actually, I thought about doing a running back look-ahead. In this class, just talk through the top 10 running backs and see which ones we actually like, but we'll do that down the line. Trey Benson, the first non-wide receiver or tight end to come off the board at 111. Imagine getting the RB1 in the class at the 111 spot. And at 112, we still have a lot of wide receivers on the board. We've got Tez Walker out of North Carolina that's still available. We've got Xavier Leggett from South Carolina that I'm a fan of. I talked about Jatavian Sanders, the tight end out of Texas. But at the 112 spot, I do think there's still value at getting you an elite, scrambling quarterback. And because of that, and if you guys remember that New England picking at the 102 spot, potentially Jaden Daniels falling to maybe the Raiders, the Giants. I'm going to go a little crazy here, and I'm going to say Jaden, I'll take Caleb Williams. It's still going to be Caleb Williams. I kind of wanted to go Jaden Daniels there because of the rushing upside. But I'm going to trust the talent. I'm going to trust the evaluation. He's been my quarterback one for two years now. I'm not going to deviate from that, even if he ends up landing with Bill Belichick in New England. Caleb Williams coming off of the board at the 112 spot. So let's take a look at the grid, what it looks like. There it is. Marv, Neighbors, Odunze, Bowers, Ibuka, Coleman, A.D. Mitchell, X. Worthy, Brian Thomas Jr., Troy Franklin, Trey Benson, and Caleb Williams rounding out Round one, no quarterbacks or no super flex, all single quarterback, rookie mock. Now, the problem with this, y'all, here's the problem. <laughs> Just because all these wide receivers may potentially go in round one, and if we had to realistically count them right now, one, two neighbors, Odunze, three, Ekbuka, four, Coleman, five, five to six, maybe, X-Worthy sneaks in over an AD Mitchell, maybe B.T., maybe Troy Franklin, at least four to five running quarter wide receivers going round one in the NFL draft. But then you'll probably have a lot more going inside that top 50. The problem is not all 25 of these wide receivers are going to be stars. So it's trying to figure out which ones to avoid, which ones to take shots on maybe later at a reduced cost, but which ones to avoid. So I want to ask y'all. Of the wide receivers that we talked about in this top 12 right now, Harrison, Neighbors, Odunze, Egg, Buka, Coleman, Mitchell, Worthy, BT, and Franklin. Man, I'm at the whole first round loaded with wide receivers. Which one are you most nervous about? Maybe we'll take a little look at those guys. Which one are you most nervous about that's currently projected to be a top pick in rookie drafts? Appreciate y'all tapping into the content, tapping into the channel. Y'all know we like to talk rookies on Sunday night, and that's all we're about to do for a long time over here at Destination Devi. So thank you for tapping in. Make sure you wake up bright and early, 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time tomorrow morning. Jay Rich and I are running down the top storylines for fantasy football this past Sunday. Stay locked into the channel. Scott Conner, we got the Overreaction Podcast, boys, Jeff Mueller in the Injury Pod. We've got Off the Line Fantasy and more over at Destination Devi. Check out the Trinity Tracker, the War Tool. Get your rosters right. Love y'all. I'm out of this thing. See y'all in the morning. Peace.